live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Movie and Storage Studio. This is the Ramsey Show, where we help you win in your life, specifically your money, your work, and your relationships. 888-825-5225 is the toll-free number for you to jump in. It is your show, America. We're here to help you. I'm Ken Coleman. George Camel joins me. And we will walk through your money questions, your work-related questions. Maybe you want to pivot. Maybe you want a promotion. Uh, you're wanting to raise. You're trying to figure out, well, should I launch the side hustle? Do I go all in on it? Those work-related questions, I'm here to help on those. And George will lead us on the money questions. 888-825-5225. Let's go to Saratoga, New York. Uh, the site of, I believe, a very famous Revolutionary War battle. The Battle of Saratoga, George. Uh, I always learn so much when I'm hanging out with you, Ken. Yeah, I've decided I'm going to start doing it until they make me stop. But uh, A little bit of uh, historical connection to the city where people call in from. Am I getting the thumbs up in there? Is They they don't like that. They love it. Uh, I'm going to keep doing it. I'm getting more thumbs up than thumbs down. So, Zach, go pound sand. Thank you very much. Uh, Mark is there. Mark, how can we help? Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Um, I'm 24 years old. I'm married. Uh, my wife and I have a soon-to-be two-year-old. Um, my wife and I handle our finances separately. Um, she kind of has her own thing. She's got uh, quite a bit of student loan debt. She's got a really good job. She does that. Uh, I have no debt. I have a four-year degree uh, or no student loan debt, but I have $25,000 in credit card debt. Um, I have a pickup truck that's fully paid off. I paid cash for it um, brand new about six years ago. Um, and I'm wondering if I should sell the truck, um, pay off the debt, or if there's a and take on a new car loan and just have the one payment versus having multiple credit cards, different things, and kind of maxed out on a credit card, which is the better way to help improve the credit score so then we can hopefully get in and combine our finances and go get a house. There's a lot going on here, my friend, but I think yeah. you're, well, you're well aware of that. I mean, it started with my wife's got her own thing going on, and then it's we're going to move this to another kind of debt, and we want the credit score. So let's walk through this step by step. The 25000 is what kind of debt? It's credit card. All credit cards. And what is your income? Um, so it was about sixty to 80000 um, and now I played professional sports sports in the minor leagues and now I'm transitioning to kind of getting out of the career of that and teetering that. So right now I'm about thirty five to fifty thousand. So are you doing that part time? It's full time but it's kinda of, you the writing's on the wall so you, you know, you're trying to get out of it. Are you <laughs> in baseball? Yes. Okay. So what is the next thing for you? Have you looked into a different career path? Yeah, and no, that's kind of the hard decision because I there's jobs out there that I know I've been offered and they're pretty good money and I could take that next chapter, but it's also the, you know, the possibility of the high end income of continuing to chase the dream is still in play. So it's kind of that. The dream being so yeah. Baseball. So major league baseball, we're talking about big time here. So are you, what are you double a triple a? What's your situation? Yeah. For the last, you know, I've played since I was in high school. So yeah, we're, we're close, but we're, we had a hinder this past year. I got injured and we're coming back and playing not affiliated anymore. So we're trying to get back into it. Um, but yeah, right. that's the, that's the unknown of all unknown. Well, the reason I ask is, is because I've got, uh, I had some buddies, I'm much older than you now, but I had some buddies who went after it. They made it up to double a ball, 
Um, and they had some injuries. And at some point, you said earlier in this call, the handwriting is on the wall. And then you said about a minute later, but I don't necessarily want to give up on the dream. And I think that, you know, this is your shot. You got one shot at this. And once you walk away from it, your, your chances go way, way, way down. And so, um, you know, I think you're going to have to decide here on that point. Uh, I'll give, I want to give it back to George on the money thing. There's a lot going on, but I think at some point you're going to have to decide, um, what can I do while still trying to stay with the dream? You know, what does that look like? How can I make the most money in the off season? How much longer am I going to give it? And I think that's got to play into all of this. So Mark, yeah, and I'm even like in season now I'm like working, you know, part-time whenever Good. I can just to Good. honestly pay my debt. Good. Um, so I'm making minimums, which is frustrating because I see them paying minimums and then I'm You see the balance go up. Frustrating. And what's the interest yeah, on this credit card? Um, so it's three different cards. Well, it's two cards and a personal loan. Um, the personal loan was during the birth of my son. Um, and then the two credit cards are, they're, they're not fixed. So they're anywhere between 15 and 8 and 22. Oh. <sighs> Okay, so the, the way I see it right now, as of what you described, I'm looking at basically a single guy making 35k trying to pay off 25,000 in credit card debt with high interest. Mm-hmm. Which is why my wife and I are separate finances because I don't. I, my wife's job is fairly, fairly good. She has her student loan; she covers that. We work together for rent in doing that. But in terms of this, it's like you said. I'm looking at the same way: 35,000. Well, at that point, get a roommate. When we got married, this is a team effort, man. It's both of our incomes. That's the wealth building strategy. Not it's my debt, her debt, her income, my income. So what does she make? Uh, she's anywhere between seventy and ninety with commissions. Okay, and then she has just student loan debt. Yep, and then she makes her car payment and everything like that. So she has a car loan too. Yep. And you're talking about selling your truck, but then you're saying I'm going to have to go get another car loan because you don't have any money. Well, I was more wondering if there's, if it's, because with a car loan, fixed interest, you know, fixed, you know, percent I'm paying, it's going to be much less than the 15 to 20% I'm paying with the credit card. And I could start at scratch with the vehicle, but I would be making probably half the monthly payment. Yeah, but I don't like just trading one version of stupidity for another. What I would want to see you do is sell the truck. What can you get for that? About 20. So I could almost cover my debt. So if you sell it for 20 and you take, let's say, Ten grand of that, and buy a cash car, and use the other ten to knock down the debt. That gets you further without going further into debt. Yeah. So that's what I would do. I'd go buy a beater car if you're going to sell that truck. Uh, it doesn't free up a payment, so but it does give you ten grand to throw at this and start making some headway. The other problem is your income. We've got to double that income asap, and that might mean three jobs. And really, better yet, it means having a hard conversation with your wife and going, "Hey, I'm sorry, I have not been a great team player." We've got to do this thing together, and I'm willing to show you and prove to you that I can be trustworthy with money, and I want to attack this debt together because I know we'll go further faster. Would she be willing to have that conversation, or she shut this thing down? No, we've had that conversation, and the frustrating part is, you know, you're sitting here relatively young, starting a family, and I have for you to do that was paid for. I have, you know, the interest or the available funds, no car payment, all this. I just have this dumb credit card debt that I spent because I thought I was going to be making more money, you know, years ago. Well, we're going to be and right back here if we don't job. hit the root issue. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put both yeah. of you through Financial Peace University on us 
you've got to convince her this is worth going through. And it's not about Mark and his decisions. It's about where are we going as a couple, as a family? Because right now we're just roommates trying to get by. And that's a plan that will not work. Good financial advice from George there. And Mark, uh, I've watched enough baseball to tell you, if you can't hit the curve and you can't get on base, you probably should go ahead and hang up the cleats. Go get a good paying job. I'm telling you, you got to be able to hit the curve. If you can't get on base, you're not going to get in today's major leagues. I watched Moneyball. Hey guys, it's Rachel. You've heard me talk about Christian Healthcare Ministries, a health cost-sharing ministry. But I want you to hear from one of their members. Abby racked up a lot of doctor bills with a recent pregnancy, but she said CHM shared all of her eligible pregnancy-related medical expenses and their staff was consistently attentive, helpful, and considerate. That's Abby's CHM story, and it could be yours. Learn more and join chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm Ken Coleman, joined by George Camel, and we are here for you this hour. The phone number is 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. Now, I don't know how many of you have heard of the FIRE movement. Some of you are going, whoa, where is this going? What does this have to do with money? Well, that's an acronym, George. It stands for Financially Independent Retired Early. And uh, you know about all these things. Oh, yeah. You're Mr. Financial Trend. Nothing gets over on you. you I've know read about the blogs. I've seen the tweets. You've seen it all. And so this is a movement where people essentially work themselves to almost exhaustion and beyond. And the idea is in their 20s and 30s, they're working like crazy, socking everything away, saving, living on way less than they make, something that we obviously love, but they have no life. And the idea is, is that they never work again, which is counterintuitive to what I believe to be true, what we at Ramsey Solutions believe, that you were created to work, mm. uh, to contribute, if you will. And uh, so uh, this is a headline here I've got in my hands. This is a, uh, make sure I, oh, this is a finance uh, Yahoo article there. The team hates when I do that. Guys, it's just an old paper tactic. It's going to be okay. It's all right. They get so alarmed. Nobody by wants to hear the paper. I think they do. I do it on my show all the time. The <laughs> people the love it. Do you guys uh, like the paper crinkle out there? It's it's overwhelming in the lobby. The lobby guests are lying. Now, Zach likes that one. Okay, very good. All right. So here's a story in my hands here uh, of a couple uh, that is now, well, shall we say, regretting this decision they retired early george with 4.3 million dollars but now this is their quote we don't want to just keep throwing money on the pile and being cheap so they want to live but they're they're afraid to spend and uh so this is a scarcity mentality that the, the 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 man says in the couple it's carl and mindy and um uh they they retired six years ago with 4.3 million dollars saved uh, and so uh, they focused on doing several things, flipping real estate. Uh, they socked away a bunch of money. They still have a bunch of assets and blah, 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 blah. But they're not living in a way that they would like to. And uh, so your thoughts on this, George, because, I mean, this is there's another story. We'll get to this in a second. But, I mean, this doesn't always work out for people. It sounds great, but yeah. then you work and you skip out on so much life then you're then you're living life on your terms, except except maybe you aren't. Well, like you mentioned, there is some crossover with our principles and the fire movement principles, which is live on less than you make, increase your income, 
invest and save the difference, be on a budget, spend wisely. Well, these people have taken that to an extreme that is very unhealthy. Mm -hmm. And so the idea here is, hey, Ken, what if in our 30s we could have $3 million and just live off of that and never have to work a day again? Here's the problem with that. You could live another 60 years. So now you're trying to penny pinch to make this millions of dollars last 60 years while going, uh, what are we filling our time with other than worrying about money? Yeah. So the idea is to stop worrying about money, and yet here they are worrying about money because of a scarcity mentality. So we believe there's a balance there. And Ken, of course, is always preaching that we were con created to contribute, mm -hmm. that's that's that working right. is actually good for us. And I'm in the boat of, uh, you know, enjoy your life. So if you have to live this scarcity mindset life to make it work so that you can retire from working for the man, it was a bad plan to begin with. That's right. And I think retirement, and this may be an unpopular opinion, but I'll put it out there. I don't think retirement um, is what it's cracked up to be if your whole goal is just to not work, as opposed to how do you want to live? Like It's not about not working, but that's for a lot of people what retirement is. I just don't want to work. Well, it should be about so much more than that. And I think that, uh, the well, I don't think, I know the data uh, plays out that when people stop working for enjoyment and they're not doing something productive, and I'm not talking just hobbies, um, that your overall health suffers. So this idea that I'm just going to, I'm going to save and live uh, no enjoyment just so I never have to work again, it's never going to play out well for people. In fact, uh, and then financially it doesn't either. Sam Dogan, who was one of the you know forefathers of this movement, retired th 11 years ago with $3 million. And uh, big news, it's in this article that came out probably a couple months ago, I covered on my show, that now he's so worried about being able to pay for the cost of his kids who are little, they're toddlers. And he's projecting that tuition, which has steadily gone up uh, over the you know last decade, that's going to be so much that he's not going to have any money to live off of. And so now he's coming back for one reason only, to cover college education. And again, there's no joy. There's no, as Thomas Jefferson wrote, the pursuit of happiness here. It's just that scarcity mindset. Well, and he says, I started doing some research and learned that happiness is mostly something that comes from you. It comes from the inside, not an external factor. Ah. So he figured this out after some research, Ken, what Thomas Jefferson uh, there you go. knew all along. So here's what people long for in retirement is freedom. I think you should continue to work. You've asked me this before. I'm not going to retire. I'm I not have gonna, asked Ken I'm off not, air. I said, what's your, what's your long-term game plan? I mean, you're nowhere close. You look great. You look <laughs> like a spry 41. I appreciate that. Uh, but- but I, I'm, am I going to work less? Sure. Will I keep the hours and, and the intensity? Uh, probably not, but, but not far off because there will be something as I get older where I can work and contribute and see purpose and, and experience meaning, and that's good for my overall health. And, uh, well, and people have a negative important. view of work, Ken. That's the problem. Well, that's they're, the issue. they're doing something they hate. Well, that's right. Uh, they're not doing the right kind of work. They're not doing it at the right place. They're, they're working for the wrong leaders. Not, that's right. They're not treated right. That's a very good point there. So, There's a lot of factors that play into this yeah. where you're going, hey, what if we could find you a place that you actually enjoy being at with right. people you respect, with good leadership, right. and work that you're passionate about? Yeah. I, I, I remember meeting, uh, when we lived in Atlanta, I got to tell you this story about Martha. So Martha was 76. And she worked in the local Chick-fil-A that we went to with our kids, uh, right off of Peachtree Industrial Boulevard, right there in Suwannee, Georgia. All right. And I asked her one time, she was so kind and so sweet. It was like, she was like everybody's grandma. And I asked her, I was like, why do you do this? She goes, because I just love 
being here with people and serving and working in a way that just makes people feel comfortable. And I know that I'm making a difference. She was always walking around every table. Can I get you a refill? Can I turn in your children's book for the ice cream? You know, these are very important things that you're going to be dealing with, not to Oh, I know all future. about that. I don't have kids yet, and I still do that. <laughs> you always go get the ice cream. That's my hack. Uh, so, so it's, it's and she just said, I just love showing up and being a part of this team. That's the idea. And she did it part-time. You know, not because she had to, because she wanted Well, to. you've asked this question, Ken. What would you do if money was, was not a factor? Yeah. That gets you dreaming. Well, and then usually whatever that thing is, it involves making money. It you does. can make good money doing that. It thing. does. And here's the other thing. In retirement, when if you've lived like no one else, so later you can live and give like no one else as we teach, you you won't need the money, but you you'll need the engagement. You go do that. And then you've got extra money. You've got that extra spending money. You don't even, it's just, what do you do with it? You could give it away. Mm. You do a lot of fun things. And I think that that's really important. So there's a lot of themes here. Uh, generosity being one of them. Generosity is a huge piece. That's the key to joy, not consuming and trying yeah. to a, achieve some level of wealth. The other one is contentment. Mm. And the other one is moderation. Going, hey, maybe it's not good for us to spend everything we make and be broke. Maybe it's not good for us to live on so little that we live in a scarcity mentality on the fritz all the time. Maybe we should just be on a budget and assign some line items for things like vacations mm. and things like eating out. You can do that once you're out of debt. Yeah. And let's have a plan to retire with some dignity to where we can do some really cool things and take the kids on amazing vacations. And so I think our plan has a really nice balanced approach. It really does. Uh, but, you know, for a lot of these folks, they're going to look back and go, I don't have enough money and I don't remember doing anything in my 30s other than working. Which, by the way, are some of your best years, you know, health-wise, physically, 30s, 40s, career-wise. And so to squander that by trying to get to this goal so quickly, right. I think hurts people mentally, financially, yep, I agree. emotionally, all of it. You make a good point. You know, your 30s is, is still a wonderful decade of testing. I'm in it. And discovery. I'm living it. And seeing who you are and really preparing for that second half of your life if you're blessed to have that. So really interesting stuff. We're going to walk you through how to do it in a way that you truly enjoy your life, have some peace, and look back with no regret, but you're actually reminiscing. This is The Ramsey Show. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show, America. This is where we help you win in your life, your money, your work, and your relationships. I'm Ken Coleman, joined by George Camel. The phone number to jump in is 888 888- 825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. George, you talk about this all the time. Uh, protecting yourself from emergencies in the form of insurance. I mean, you're a real insurance guru. Can I call you that? I mean, it's kind of a lame title, but I'll take it You'll because take it. I think it's an underrated yeah. wealth building tool because it protects all the wealth you're trying to build. That's right. And you've taught me this. There are 10 kinds of insurance coverage you might need based on what your life looks like today. And we've built a tool called the Coverage Checkup to show you which types you need to add, drop, or adjust. George, give us a couple of examples of some of the ridiculous, not needed insurance coverages. My favorite as of late is alien abduction insurance. Right, but that's looking like that may be more and more needed in the, the, all those reports on UFOs. I, I don't might know be what on the to wrong believe. side of history. I, I don't know what to believe. Here's an unpopular opinion. It has nothing to do with this conversation. There are no aliens. Whoa. There it is, folks. Have a blast in the chat room. I'll never read your comments, but for those of you who think there are, I got news for you. They're not. 
We are alone. You are being duped. That I just, includes you, Zach. He is not liking today's show in the in the control room. I just love that Ken still thinks there's like some kind of AOL chat room. That's kind of the water cooler of the web that's happening. There's a chat room on YouTube. There's a live chat, but calling it a chat room, oh, that's very old school. Oh, this is good. I needed to be... So what do you call it? Just a live chat. Oh, live chat yeah. versus chat room. Me thinks you're splitting hairs, young friend. There are no hairs being split. When right. I think chat room, I think AOL chat rooms from back in the day. So there oh, you go. Oh, I see. Okay, well, aren't I feeling silly? But there are no aliens. Uh, anyway, so moving on, uh, you don't want alien abduction insurance. You want or the falling right coconut com- insurance. There's a falling coconut That's insurance? That's another one. Well, the list goes on. Wow. But you don't have to worry about those, Ken. Just no. worry about the ones you actually need. Things like home auto, term life, identity theft protection. So we'll walk you through that in the tool. It's five minutes. This is a five-minute tool that makes sure that you have the right coverage, meaning if I need to add some for protection or I need to get rid of some that are just costing me money, now I've found some money for my budget. I just got a few messages in the last week of people messaging me saying, hey, I took that checkup tool, I reshopped home and auto alone, and I'm saving 600 bucks a year now. I'm saving 1300 bucks a, a year. That's good money. So talking about making more income, you yeah. might be overpaying for insurance, Boom. and that's a great way there to you uh, get some more back in your budget. RamseySolutions.com slash checkup could be a way to get a raise. RamseySolutions.com slash checkup. All right, let's go to Oklahoma City, Oklahoma area. You know, that's where, George, the National Cowboy Museum is. Did not know that. Adam is there. Adam, how can we help? Hey, thanks for taking my call. You bet. What's going on? Yeah, so my question is, how do I navigate being like a Ramsey listener, trusting your advice on money, and being a mortgage loan officer? I ask this because I put people into mortgages that do not align with what I would do. Um, I offer HELOCs, all of it that you don't recommend. While I don't do any of these things, how do I give them to people who ask without feeling guilty? It's mm. a good question, and and we've I've I've received this question on the show many times, uh, and it's it's um, first of all, you're not doing anything morally or ethically wrong. Let's start there. Can you can you acknowledge that? Yeah. Okay. So you're in an industry where, again, uh, if you don't feel like long term your values are aligning, uh, aligning, uh, then then I think at some point you begin to make the exit. Don't you don't need to jump right away, because again, you're not doing anything morally, legally, ethically wrong. There's just a disconnect uh, when you see people take out things that you go, this is not good for them, but you can't say that because then you lose your job. And so I think my first reaction to this is don't jump. Let's line something else up and let's do work that um, that we enjoy, but also that produces a result that aligns with our values. And that's what's happening right now. So I don't want you to beat yourself up is what I'm saying. Uh, but eventually this is going to wear on you and could create some resentment, certainly a toxic attitude in yourself. And so I would begin to be looking at what can I do that I align with. And the other piece of this is we need some good guys out there too, Adam, and you're one of the good guys. That's right. And so there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to pass those loans off to someone else or I'm going to educate the customer on my feelings about this. And if they still want to go through with it, at least I can sleep easy at night. But if they are dead set on taking out the HELOC, I'm going to try to serve them well as they go through this and educate them and go, hey, here's what you need to know about the HELOC. Here's why I don't think it may be the right choice for you. And uh, at least then you have your morals intact and you're not swindling someone into something. 
Uh, but again, in the mortgage industry, there's a lot of mortgages we don't agree with. And we've I've got a lot of friends that are mortgage loan officers and, you know, we're fans of the 15-year fixed rate mortgage. Might they sell someone a 30-year mortgage because that's what the customer wants? That's part of the job. And so if that's something that is going to eat you inside, like Ken said, then I think it's time to switch to a different industry entirely or find a different role. Yeah, it's just because my parents are realtors. So ever since um, I got my license, um, the idea was that all of their clients would do their financing through me. So it's just we have our own like you know place now where it's like a one-stop shop for real estate mm -hmm. and it works out really well like that and i just when i first was getting into it i never thought that this would even be an issue because it's just so perfect and you know it's great money and everything but i just wish i wasn't so like encumbered in the rancy way because like, it just it is you know it does like ignorance was bliss before this and now i just know how terrible of an idea this stuff is what do you think about what George yeah. said, though, Adam? I thought his good guy strategy was pretty good, certainly since your parents are sending these people your way. And so if you're going, look, I know you want this, but let me just walk you through every side of this deal, and you give them perspective. Yeah, see, I I wish I could, you know, do that with, like, if I had a lot of clients. I mean, Anyone that I get from them, if I were to turn them away, I would lose that like relationship with them. I don't think we uh, said anything about turning them away. The idea was is just helping them see what the best vehicle is for them long term. Which loan yeah, is the best okay. for them? Right. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. Here's think, the deal. We've, I mean, we've covered this from every side, and I can tell you're wrestling with this. And my point is is that if you can't get to a place where you feel good about this, you need to move on in the future. That That's the takeaway. Because, uh, George, it'll eat him up. It, yeah. It'll just weigh on him, and it's just not necessary. Well, and the financial industry is a tough one to be in if you say, hey, I have this very specific view of money, uh, but I work at a bank. And banks sell debt products. Banks sell credit cards. But guess what? We also need good morally valued people working in those banks to serve customers. And so I don't think you're a bad person for being in this if you stay there. But again, if it's something that's going to affect you personally, at some point, it's not worth the money. And I'd rather you go make a little bit less for now as you go find a different career path of something that you can really go, I feel really good that I served that person well today. Yeah, I, I, because again, here's what will happen. You will just make yourself miserable. I don't care what it is. You know, you could do, you could have, you could be in a, in what I would call the sweet spot where you're using what you do best to do what you love to produce results that matter to you. And you're in an environment where you feel like the leadership is unethical. Uh, they've done something that you really disagree with. And it just kind of, they smoothed it over. They've swept it under the carpet. I don't care what the situation is. When there is a, a sizable disconnect in your values, um, it's different than putting up with a problem employee or a teammate or even a boss who's just not great, but they don't they're not abusive to you. This is a this is a character ethical, excuse me, uh, not ethical. This is a character or values-based conversation and when it is so opposed to what you believe, 
you won't be able to grit your teeth and bear it for very long. Yeah. I mean, it's you one reason won't. I can't sell cars because I know the people walking in there right. are going to want to do it and they don't have the money and I'm going to have to walk them through the payments and the debt. I couldn't sleep at night. And so right. I wouldn't be in that industry yeah. because of my values. Yeah, good stuff. Hey, thanks for the call, Adam. You're a good, good, good young man. Appreciate the call. It's a good call. I think you know what you need to do. Let's just do it wisely. Let's not make any big jumps. Don't move, folks. More of your calls coming up. This is The Ramsey Show. Welcome back, America. You are joining the conversation here on The Ramsey Show, a conversation about your life, specifically your money, your work, your relationships. I'm Ken Coleman. George Camel joins me. The phone number to jump in on the conversation for your question is 888-825-825. 5225. That's 888-825-5225. Our question of the day is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. With 19 service brands nationwide, you can find reliable help from great locally owned businesses like AirServe, Mr. Appliance, and Mr. Handyman. Visit Neighborly.com today for help with just about anything for your home. Today's question comes from Lauren in Georgia. I was recently given the option of resigning by the end of the month and receiving severance or potentially being laid off in a couple of months. The company has not been open about what's going on, and I honestly don't know if my job is safe. I have no debt and currently have $2,500 saved for my emergency fund. Severance would be a gross of $35,000. Would you recommend I take the money and find a new one or stay and see what happens? Uh, Lauren, I would take the money in this in this situation because when, when they come to you and say, all right, we're giving you two options. Option one, you resign. By the end of the month, we give you the severance. Or you hang around and you might get laid off. <laughs> Let me just tell you something. They would prefer for you to take the severance. That tells me something. Yeah. And uh, I can tell you this, you're probably not going to get a severance if you get laid off. Uh, the way that this is worded. So yes, in this it sounds situation, like there's an ultimatum here. Yeah, and I just don't I don't want to sit around and just again be waiting for the shoe to drop. You know, this is about quality of life. You know, am I am I going to be coming in every day wondering is today the day I I just no thanks. I'm out. I'll bet on me. This is a nice severance here. Uh her financial situation is great. She has no debt. Uh, I'd like to see her have more savings, but you know what? Um let me tell you this. Even if I didn't have anything lined up, I'd be working, even if it was part-time, and keeping cash flow coming in and just stocking that up or living off of that and and not touching as much of that severance. I'd love to just keep working two jobs, three jobs, whatever, until I found something just to not touch that severance. Yeah, and this really speeds up your financial plan. Of, oh, my goodness. It's not the ideal circumstances, but having an extra thirty-five grand to throw at that 2500 in savings, that'll get you by for a while while you figure out what's next. And like Ken said, in the meantime, I'm starting today, and I'm going to be working part-time, and hopefully you'll get back on your feet soon. But yeah. this company's not the long-term place anyways. No. And so if they're going to write you a check to leave, I'm taking it. Yeah. It's You're paying me to leave? Yes, thank you very much. And I'll take the blender as well. Uh, let's go to Anna next in New Orleans, or some people say Nolens. Anna, how can we help? Hi, thank you for taking my call. You bet. What's going on? Okay, so I'm 21 years old. I'm about to be a senior this coming fall. Um, I'll be doing my teaching residency, so that's exciting. Um, Great. And uh, my parents have paid, they paid for all of my college. They're big FTU people. They teach it at church and everything. Awesome. Anyway, um, 
So I was wondering, I just started paying for everything besides insurance on my own. So my rent, utilities, you know, the basic necessities and expenses. And um, I follow a budget. I do everything, you know, like I'm supposed to. But I'm wondering, and I do tithe. I tithe the second all of my income comes in. But I'm wondering, how do I go? Like, I don't make that much. I kind of make, you know, I probably have an extra 400 every single month after expenses and tithe and everything. So I'm wondering how, and I just hit around $600, like, for an emergency fund. I just started building up savings. So I'm wondering how I can bless other people, like, monetarily when I don't have that much to bless, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's a great question. Like, wow. How how to, to like, go above my ties for other people. Because I want to be, my parents are very big givers, and I want to be that way. And I'm trying to, but I don't really know how to, if that makes sense. How much do you have? Can we put a number on this? Because you sound like you've got your finances just really uh, buttoned up. So what is that small amount that you're referring to that you could use to give? So it's pretty much I put in like every single month. I pay my expenses. I like set aside enough for gas, groceries, and like I have a little entertainment section. And then my savings after all of that is around four or $500 every month. And I usually just put that right into my emergency fund. And whatever else is left, I've just started building up my actual savings because I've already hit the $500. But um, I'm trying to build that up to 1000 as much as I can. But I have the initial 500 So everything that's left over, I've just been putting in savings. Right. But so my I'm question is, what's know, that number that you would like to give? Have you got a Because oh, I feel like you've got a number in your head based on the way you set yeah. the question up. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't have to be anything like crazy just no. because I don't, you know, make too much money anyway. Right. But I want to find ways, and I do, like, try to bless other people, like, helping them and things like that, but how can I, like, you know, I'm trying to find ways of things, you know, within range, probably less than $100. Okay. You know, all maybe right. Every That's month. perfect. That's if all that I was sense. looking for. Well, I hope you'll yeah. be freed up by this motto. I believe our friend Rachel Cruz coined it, maybe. I have no idea. Maybe it's a famous philosopher. Mm. But it's give uh-huh. a little until you can give a lot. And that's mm-hmm. exactly your plan right now. And some, I think mm-hmm. what you're asking for is what are some ways I can do that tactically? And one yeah. way is I call it kind of a bless up fund. And in your budget, you can have mm-hmm. a line item under giving that's just kind of bless mm-hmm. up. And you've got $100 allocated as the spirit leads okay. you that month. If there's just an amazing server at the restaurant, that person on the corner, uh, you know, mm-hmm. with the sign, whatever that is, maybe it's a friend who goes, hey, I need the car repair this month is killing me. And you leave an anonymous yeah. envelope of cash mm-hmm. at their door. Nice. So yeah. what allows you to do when you're not broke is be looking upward and outward to go, what are the opportunities mm-hmm. in my community, in my friend group, in my family to be generous? Mm-hmm. And I would set yeah. that goal of $100 a month is where I'm going to start. Once I get up mm-hmm. to, you know, over a thousand dollar emergency fund and I get this other goals set, I'm going to increase that even more. And so making it mm-hmm. a habit is a great, great thing to do. And there's probably opportunities, you know, through your local church as well to give beyond the tithe. Yeah. Maybe there's a mission opportunity. I know we've started different ministries at our church for foster care and buying cars for single moms and gifting them to them. So find something that you're passionate about. Uh, our friends at Charity mm-hmm. Water, Scott Harrison, they're doing amazing work and you can uh, give monthly to support mm-hmm. their work uh, across the world in getting people clean water. So I would make it mm-hmm. from the heart and something you're passionate about. Yeah, I agree with okay. George. Uh, the only thing I'd add to what he said is I'd, I'd have that $100 maybe on you and mm-hmm. and and be intentional to go, okay, I've got 30 days to give it away, you know, if, if we're going to yeah. do this monthly. And and just be present. I, I, I think mm-hmm. just, you know, and again, everything George said, I completely agree. So you could pick something 
or he could do this, or he could do a combination. But I, I just like the idea of you walking around antenna up and mm. looking for opportunities to go, you know what? I see a little kid riding down the street and he's got mm -hmm. a flat tire, you know, and he, oh, can I help? You know, well, he can't, yeah, I'm making this up. This is a horible example. But the idea is, <laughs> you know, you, is a single mom and you go buy yeah. a bike tire for that kid and that single mom. I'm, I'm telling mm -hmm. you, like, and that just came to my head, but that's the idea of where I am, my antenna is up and I'm looking for an mm -hmm. opportunity to just blow somebody away. You know, a single yeah. mom who slammed at a restaurant that you're eating. Yeah. Maybe you're eating with your mom and dad and your mom and dad tip them, tip her. And you go, you know what? Mm -hmm. I'm going to go all 100. I'm going to put my $100 on there for this single mom. You know, it's just being present. Yeah. And I think okay. that will make you so aware. Of, and that's the real joy of giving is being mm -hmm. aware and stepping into the moments that I believe God puts us on these people's paths. I love that. So yeah. love your spirit. That's amazing. Love Can we just like, spirit? I wish we could clone you and <laughs> yeah. have you all over the world. We could change some things in this country. <laughs> it's so you. true. You are, how old did you say? I'm 21. 21. Imagine how generous yeah. she's going to be when she's got a huge income and a pile of money because money makes you more yeah. of whoever you already are. Yeah. yeah. And, and so it's just a magnifying glass. And yeah. Mm -hmm. When you're a when you're a broke jerk, you become a rich jerk. And when you're yeah. Anna and you're 21 and you have a hundred dollars to give and you're just so excited to give that, when you got a thousand, mm -hmm. when you got ten thousand, we're going to change some lives. So I'm so proud of yeah. you. Yes. And what we're talking about Thank here you. is planned generosity versus spontaneous generosity, and That's I believe right. both have both their work. place in the budget. They do. Wow, what a bright light! Don't tell me that the future can't be bright. There are some just great young people who get it. And they're doing something about it. That is great And mom stuff. and dad went through Financial Peace University. Do you yeah, hear that? That helps. More is caught than taught, and there she's it catching it. A lot of, there's some trickle-down economics for you. Go look that up. Some of you people don't even know what that phrase means. George Campbell, great hour. Good stuff. I want to thank Austin and the crew behind the glass keeping us on the air. And you, America, for listening. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, George Camel here. If you love the show and you want a deeper dive on your money journey, we've got a weekly newsletter that gives you helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Just go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for the newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter.